when you went to church, when you, when you attended church as much as I did, you learned to pick up certain, certain codes, uh, certain things. Uh, the thing about where the pastor would take his watch off and lay it on the podium. Y'all been there? Yeah. What does that mean? Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> or, or the time they get their handkerchief out. Right? You been there? Oh gosh, yeah. I, you know, I, 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 was, I went to all those churches where you were, you were held over hell like a marshmallow. <laughs> and then every now and then the pastor would say, you know, I got a lot to say today, but I just can't start without a word of praise to Jesus. Oh, then you're in trouble because then you're going to get two sermons, you know. First Peter. First Peter is written to a church in trouble. It's either on the precipice of being persecuted or it's in the middle of a persecution. Uh, we, we can't quite figure out what exactly Peter is trying to address, but we know the church is in trouble. So the church gathers eagerly to hear the letter from their pastor, from Peter, the apostle, and he opens the letter, dear friends, and then he says, I can't start this letter without a word of praise. What? Does he not know what we're in? Does he not know how tough this moment is? Sure he does. That's why he has to start it with a moment of praise. Stand with me in honor of God's Word as we pick up the beginning of the letter in verse 3, chapter 1. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, because of His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. You are being guarded by God, God's power through faith for salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Now you rejoice in this, for even though now for a short time, it is necessary you suffer grief through various trials so that you're proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold, which though perishable is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, yet you love him. Though you are not seeing him now, you believe in him, and you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Because you are receiving the, glory, the, the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This is God's word for God's people. Hear it, believe it, and live. Let's pray together. And the church that is struggling to find its way. In a time of confusing worldviews and philosophies, false teachings, and pressure, we pray that you will use everything in us and around us to forge us more into the likeness of your Son. For we pray this in his name. Amen. Peter is in Rome, most likely under arrest when he writes this letter to the churches. The churches gather around and hear that Paul's letter, and Paul, uh, to, here's Peter, to hear Peter's letter. And Peter addresses what's going on. Here we are. 
This is a mess we're in. And instead of talking them negatively or, 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 or giving in to the struggle, he uses it as an opportunity of praise. I want to set the context of this letter in a time of rejoicing. I want you to understand this is a time of praise, of celebration. Why? Because God is finishing in you what he has started. This great salvation story that started with the call of Abraham is now coming true to its final work in you. You are receiving the goal of your salvation. Okay, Peter, you got to help us now. How are we doing that one? The goal of your salvation is to look more and more like Jesus Christ. It is that process that we call sanctification. Justification is your first experience with Jesus Christ. When you are lined up to be more like him, when you are lined up in his truth, in his way, you are forgiven for your sins. Now you are set on a new path. Glorification is that process of being finished of being at one with God in heaven, never to be separated again. Sanctification is that muddy process in the middle. This is the part where you're redoing your house and you can't remember why you started. Whose idea was this? That's sanctification. It's that process of daily looking at yourself and looking at the person of Christ taking away those things in your life that do not look like Jesus and adding to your life those things that do look like Jesus. It is a daily, constant process of becoming more and more like Christ. How is Jesus doing this? One, he is using the trouble that the world brings you and me he is using that as the fire in the forge to soften you, shape you, form you. Now, the world will bring trouble to you. You don't have to look for it. Remember, one of the things they don't tell you when you become a Christian is that when you are walking with the world, everything's flowing with you. Right? Repent which means change direction, change your mind, means I'm not going to walk this way anymore, I'm going to walk this way. You turn into the world's current, which means that everything that was one time flowing with you is now flowing at you. Those moments are discouraging. You think it should be easier. Uh, somebody told you that, wow, once you become a Christian, you can always find a parking place. You know, there, there, are, there are a lot of, you know, if, if Jesus loves you, then everything goes well. I don't know where we got that. It is not the model Jesus showed us. I don't know where we got that, but we have that. And boy, if, if things are going hard for you, then, then you must be out of God's will. And, and you might, no, you may be right where he wants you. Listen, when you start doing something good for Jesus, Jesus is not the only one who notices. Now, here's the good news. The enemy brings these things against you, brings hard times, brings suffering, puts you in prison, falsely accuses you, lies about you, uh, your friends abandon you because they don't understand why you're being so radical with Christ. All of that happens 
And what the world throws at you for discouragement and to defeat you, God uses to strengthen you. I have a trainer. I do not like him. He does things like add weight and he doesn't tell me. So I'll pump up one thing, lay it back on the bar, and I'm feeling pretty good about my life. Next time, I feel like I've had a stroke. What happened? Yeah, I added a few more pounds. Why? You don't get stronger. You don't get stronger if the weight doesn't get heavier. You don't get stronger as a Christian if the weight doesn't get heavier, if the moment doesn't get harder. Remember the story of the parables, uh, the parables of, of the talents, okay? Master goes on the trip, gives one guy five, one guy two, and one guy five. Talents was money. The guy with one is afraid, buries it, doesn't do anything with it. The guy who has two makes two more, has four. The guy with five makes five more, has ten. When the master comes back and does the accounting, the guy who buried it is judged because he did not do anything with his talent, didn't do anything with the master's investment. The other guys are rewarded. You've been faithful with little, I would now give you more. Do you understand that? Do you ever think that the guy with five, you've been faithful with five, I will now give you more? Do you ever think he was saying, I'm good. I had five, I've got five more, I've got ten, I'm good. Uh-uh. When you are faithful in one thing, God will give you a bigger thing to be faithful in. Why? You do not get stronger when, unless the way gets harder. He has for you a salvation that can't be touched, rust, lose its value, or stolen from you. It is on deposit with him, and he will give that to us when we get to where he is. This is our hope. Now, sadly, we have mangled the word hope. Uh, now it is wish, right? I hope my team wins. I hope it doesn't rain. Hope is the confidence that the future is exactly the way Jesus says it will be. Yes, Jesus is with us now. He is still in our past. Jesus doesn't wear a watch. He's not constrained by time. He's with us in our present. He's with us in our past. You know why that matters? Some of you had that moment in the past that you thought you would never get over. Somebody abused you. Somebody hurt you. Uh, somebody did something to you that broke your life in half. And you said to yourself, I will never get over this. And you are still there. You are older now, but you are still dealing with this reality and you deal with it every day. Jesus is in that moment and can heal your past so it doesn't bleed into your present. Now you think about that. 
the moment you didn't think you would ever get over, Jesus is standing right there ready to bring healing to that moment. You are not victim. You are not hostage. The crucifixion of Christ and his resurrection makes you free from everything that you've done, yes, and from everything done to you. He's with us in our present, waiting on us in our future. Christ screamed from the cross, it is finished. Our future is secure. Our future is just like he says it will be. And it's waiting on us now, present tense. We're in this situation. We're in this life. We're in this world looking for that moment. We are sure that Jesus is there. We are sure he will keep his word. That is our hope. That's why we can live with such confidence now. That's why we can live with such freedom now. Because our hope is already established. Because of this, he is giving you freedom, hope, joy. Not happiness. Happiness comes and goes. Happiness is what would happen to you on Christmas morning when you open the present. Oh, yes! I got what I wanted. And then you'll put it aside. Right? Well, if you got kids, they'll open it, take the present out, play with the box. How many of you as parents are sitting aside and going to turn to your wife or your husband going, we should have just got boxes? joy. It's knowing that it's already finished. You know how the book ends. And that's your gift at Christmas. I've told you, I tell you all the time, the good news of Christmas, the good news of the gospel isn't that you can get to God. I'm not going to give you 10 easy steps so you can get to God. The good news of the gospel is that God in Jesus Christ has come to us. Didn't trust you to find your way on his own. So he came to you. <laughs> and so we come. And like the shepherds, like Mary, like Joseph, We lean in to send this, this to, to see this baby. You ever wondered why God chose to come as a baby? Here's what I think. I think God chose to come as a baby because everybody's first instinct when they see a baby is to do what? Lean in. Lean in. If you're holding a baby, total strangers will walk up to you. Pull that blanket back and look at that baby. Christmas. 
God has come as a baby wanting you to lean in, pull the blanket back, and see his face. A face that loves you, a face that won't let anything separate you from him. A face that's come across all eternity to find you. Jesus isn't the only one being born again, is he? Let's pray together. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I'm not going to do anything to put you on the spot or embarrass you. I do want to give you a chance to think about your own life. I know it's Christmas. I know there's a lot going on. But part of the reason there's a lot going on is a storm inside of you. Wondering if you're living your life for nothing. Wondering if you have figured out what really matters. You're just not sure. So this is the moment to be sure. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, born this Christmas day to bring you the hope of salvation, to bring you forgiveness for every wrong in your life, to bring you purpose for every day of living. And it's offered you this morning free. That's why our counselors are standing back next to the sciences, next step. I know I'm saying a whole lot, just a handful of words. You may have questions, that's great. You go, you find them. You say, hey, I, I want to know more about what Mike was talking about, more about who Jesus is, about what he can do for me, about forgiveness, about a life that means something, about days of purpose. <laughs> Don't leave without knowing your why. Don't celebrate Christmas again this year and not know the why. Perhaps it's to come be part of this church family. We will welcome you. You come. However the Lord is leading you, he's waiting for you where you are. The church will wait for you as you come. Lord Jesus, every heart is now open in front of you, every life. So we pray the choices we make now are exactly what you want.